to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Under arrest for listening to having really good podcast taste, uh, and it's sexy. Uh, <laughs> a charge in the first degree. That's probably a crime. If if in some places, if we get if we're ever to get like super popular and like actually affect people's, uh, you know, significantly affect people's political practice, it would be illegal to listen to us. Yeah, right. And that reminds me of another crime. Identity theft, which is wrong. That's right. Why are you thinking about that, Alex? If any of you listening has stolen podcaster Anders Lee identity and convinced him to turn thousands of dollars into Target gift cards, immediately stop what you are doing and return his money. It is not funny to steal from Anders Lee. They said I was being investigated. So uh, according, uh, I was told the FBI had been monitoring me for... Yeah, do the whole story here. Yeah, what happened? It has so many twists and turns. Okay, so I received a call yesterday uh, from an Officer Eric. And I was like, this is Officer Eric. I was like, he didn't sound like an Eric, by the way. Not going to, you know. Did he ask you to Strong Indian accent coming out of Eric. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, uh, people change their names for like customer service stuff all the time to to deal with Americans. So I figured that was like, oh, maybe he said he was from the Federal Reserve in the law enforcement department. So it's like, oh, he must have just changed his name even with that. You know, I'm a cop uh, from the government <laughs> and I'm calling you because you are under arrest. Yes, there's a warrant. There were four charges against me for money laundering and drug smuggling. There were millions of dollars, supposedly. Me uh, and Jake in the middle of the day yesterday, Andrew just sent us a text message that's like, I'm wanted for trafficking millions of dollars to Colombia. And we were like, what? I don't know what I thought I used to okay, I used to work at a Colombian restaurant and <laughs> one of the managers who was not Colombian but was sketchy would have had access to my social security number. So he could have set up bank accounts okay. in my name uh, and done this. I was very skeptical still. I was like, how do I know this is real? Blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, uh, well, here's how you know it's real. Tell us the last three digits of your social security number. See how I didn't ask for your whole social security number. I was like, oh, oh that is legit. Point, <laughs> yeah. And now that I think about it, he just wanted, it could have been any three numbers. And he'd be like, oh, yes, that checks out. Uh, I'm a fucking I'm a fucking dupe but the thing that got me the thing that got me and I would not have fallen for for this I swear is um, if it wasn't for this I they were like we want you to we want to talk to uh, your local police officer like someone for your local sheriff's department I live in DC I was like there's no sheriff here but but he was like well call the local police department I've, and by the way I've never called police department before but uh, they were like 
we're going to get someone from the police department on the horn with you and me. We're going to talk and talk this out and work this out. So it was like, okay. And I gave him the phone number for the local police department. And then a call came from that number. So after that, I was like, okay, this must be real. Oh, and that's legit. long story short, I wound up buying uh, 10 target gift cards and <laughs> scratching them off uh, and sending pictures of them to a random phone number. And now I am in the hole. The police, they rarely want you to do that. But when they do, you know it's because you've trafficked millions of dollars to Columbia. Yeah. Well, the explanation was that my bank accounts, my bank account was going to be frozen. All supposedly 12 bank accounts associated with me. I only have one. But they said they were all going to be frozen. So you got to get your money out before it gets frozen uh, or else you won't be able to use it for like, you know, a few months or something. So I was like, okay. It's so sounds... funny you'd be on the phone with like an actual policeman who would not actually come see you and just, <laughs> just dial it in, like, go to Target. There's COVID going on. Uh, is it, wait, so you texted us in the middle of that. I feel like I could have stopped you, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. I feel actually kind of guilty about this entire thing because it, it was, was a fault. wild yes. ride. This is a hate crime. I don't like, I, I, again, to you play the autism card, but this is a hate crime against autistic people. Uh, I could, Nine out of ten autistic people are pranked by <laughs> financial scammers <laughs> telling you to go to Target. I mean, this is an actual thing where I can plausibly say I am I have very low social IQ. You Therefore, should. Do whatever you got to yeah. do to get them to give you that money or to give someone... All right, I'll tell my bank. Somebody owes Andrew's money. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give it to him directly. He should maybe have a caretaker who holds that money. Oh, no. Naomi to have the money. I would apply for conservatorship over Andrew. Yeah, it's it's a Britney situation. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew's is the new Britney. Uh, The funniest part of this whole thing is that while we were about to record, someone else called. Another one of these guys called, and then we didn't record it. I wish I had pressed record. I just was getting stuff set up. This is after I'd figured out it was a scam, by the way. Yeah, and it's a guy doing, or he's not doing, he's got a Middle Eastern accent, and he's like, <laughs> he's not doing offensive Indian voice. That is just his voice. <laughs> and he's saying, "My name's Brian." And then Anders was going like, we're, "Brian, what kind of name is that? Like, where are you from?" I, yes, I under the circumstances, there were specific circumstances here. I don't like to do the way. Well, he also doubled down on it too. He said, "My name is Brian Miller from Houston, Texas." It was like, okay, well, this is. I know you're not Brian. Yeah, Miller. I had Jake no right here. I, who's from Houston? So I was like, oh, what part of Houston? Uh, yeah, I, I could have verified. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just so he went, what part of Houston are you from? And then the guy just long went pause, a long pause, <laughs> and then I am in bed with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> owned, yeah. stolen from, and then owned <laughs> live think, on podcast. <laughs> I still think that's something like a tough talking uh, Federal Reserve law enforcement agent might say. Yeah. 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 The police who work at the Federal Reserve <laughs> in Houston, Texas. God damn, dude. This is so oh, crazy. The, oh, the fact he I, got a zinger in at the end. <laughs> oh. The reason I got so deep into this is, one, maybe autism. Two, I'm extremely not racist. So I didn't true. make any assumptions uh, based on that. That's what had it been right. Had it been white people, uh, then maybe I would have uh, been wise to it. But I'm right. overcompensating. And yeah. no people of any race should be scamming Andrews. He has done nothing wrong <laughs> to deserve such a Truly. thing. 
And I'm Alex. Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a, you know who we are. Ah, welcome to the show. Well, I mean, that's horrible. That's about as horrible as you might expect someone to do if they, they were a police officer in a stupid police officer gang. Gang-related activities. Check out that Tricking artists. <laughs> <laughs> Making them go to Target for thousands of dollars. Well, we're going to be talking about something today that you might have uh, heard about in the news in the last year or so. There have been a couple of exposés on it, which is that the, the police are also in gangs within the police department so that so they're police and they're also in just the ga- a gang. It's... Really Operation weird. Hat on a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one knows why you would be both in a, both be a cop, which is a gang, and then also in a gang, which is a gang. On top of that, because you just can't get enough camaraderie. Can't get enough. <laughs> or it's it's got to be like a lifestyle thing. Like being a being a cop. Like even if you're really into it, is kind of dorky. But if you're in a cool gang called the Boppers, yeah, <laughs> everybody's got to respect you now. Oh, and they are cool, as we'll get into in the show. We'll discover they're they're very. Some people would find this very cool. Not me personally, but some people who are. If you buy it. shirts on Facebook, you think this is the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, but also, so I mean, I was reading about this, and like, what's interesting is when they, when like a police sergeant or whatever has to defend, you know, his subordinate officer getting into some sort of shooting but and then the people go the guy who shot me had a tattoo i know he's in one of those police gangs their explanation of it is oh these aren't bad gangs this is like a thing that our officers do for like camaraderie like it's like a team building thing it it makes them better at work because the job is hard or whatever which is it's the same as the second amendment people it's like you know you can't stop a gang until you form a good gang (laughs) we need gangs in our schools to fight the gang (laughs) (laughs) it's insane it's like their justification of their police gangs is just if you, you can't believe that that's good and then that other the gangs you're fighting that are gang gangs are bad though that does camaraderie too right what does a gang do they're investigating (laughs) they're investigating sometimes people investigate things people investigate crimes sometimes people want to see what it's like so they can tell others and disseminate information like journalists and they uh fall victim to crimes uh and maybe that's what they're going for they want to get in a gang fight so they know what that's like just like someone might just you know um, get duped by a financial fraudster. Just Anders, to be able to. We gotta get you if in you a were gang. Have that this never would have happened. We gotta get you in a gang, dude. <laughs> I guess so. We gotta yeah. get... Can you dance? Yes, I can dance. Can't <laughs> learn okay. choreography, but I I took tap dancing actually. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that might be. That's probably not the same kind of dance, but we'll see. We we gotta we'll get, get you, you in somewhere. You'll be like the guy in the Crips that does their computers or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want me doing that either. Yeah, you should not. Uh, no, I guess if not. you're going to like Anders in your gang, you need a different position for him than that. Yeah, no. Okay, you'll teach people like stage acting or something. I don't know. Something Anders like is that. calling yeah. Naomi into his gang. <laughs> I can coach people before they testify. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know. We have uh, workshop it. 
Okay. We'll figure <laughs> if it out. If the game needs a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I could test the Kratom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you like take a take a swoop with your finger and then put it in your mouth. Yeah. Also, by now my digestive system can probably handle anything. So, I can be the poison tester. Yeah, for the tell for the, the head kingdom. gang guy. Yeah. Do you need someone in your gang to take huge shits? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to protest poison for the king of the gang. Can anyone point me in the direction of the king of the crypts? Uh, <laughs> my liege! <laughs> <laughs> the Kratom's been dated! <laughs> Your honor. <laughs> I'm now enjoying a king who's hooked on Kratom. Very cool. <laughs> king Kratom. Tobacco, they, they sell it at Tobacco King, so... The king Ooh, of having a... Good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, 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 they also murder people. I feel like that should be. Yep. <laughs> That's important information. <laughs> Listen, public service announcement. If anyone calls you and asks you, it says they're a cop, and they ask you to, to do something suspicious, like buy a gift card, it's not a cop. Just be really suspicious yeah. and also and they do it step by step that's the key thing they're not going to tell you everything at once because then it sounds oh this is obviously bullshit they do one little incrementally they get you to do one simple task and then that's how they get you you know what you should wait you wait should. until you at least see them so you know like they've at least bought a cop costume and they deserve your money <laughs> yeah. here's what you do if the if someone calls you and they tell you you're a cop to verify you're a cop you go oh yeah which gang are you in? <laughs> right. Huh? That's true. What's your tattoo look like? Yeah. I'm with the patty wax. In my defense, <laughs> that's what I'd be with. Yeah, that's probably what my grandpa was with. But in my defense, like, they have, they, he had a badge number. But then it occurred to me that wasn't a real number. You can just say anything and call it a badge number. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, three... <laughs> <laughs> He has long pauses before each of the numbers. <laughs> I also like when you asked for the guy's last name when he called you back on stream. He was like, I'm Brian uh, Miller. Did <laughs> he say Miller? I thought he said Brian Williams. For I wrote second. it down. What did I say? Uh, I think it was Miller, yeah. Yeah. Brian if you know Miller. Brian Miller, yeah. tell him to stop his hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone too far. Oh, God damn. Okay. I hate to do it. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was rough. Oh, man. I mean, I did the accent a little bit. Listen, cancel me for it. I don't give a shit. The guy was evil. Just, He's a bad I man. I mean, maybe they need the money. I don't know. I'm going to. No. It's redistribution. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I don't think I would like that, man. We got to. We got to. Track these people down and John Wick them and get the the gift cards back. (laughs) I gotta find some silver lining here. Yeah, (laughs) get revenge. Oh man. (laughs) Well, in the meantime, let's let's move into our interview segment for this week. Um, Very excited to talk to this writer. Wrote an upcoming piece. It'll be out on Knock LA about. the gangs that we're talking about, the police gangs in the LASD, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, and uh, how she's building a database that you can use to search dirty cops. Pretty cool, right? Let's go. Let's move into the segment. This is where, if I was, if I, if I wasn't worried about copyright infringement, I, my voice would slowly fade out, and we would slowly fade into. 
breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are now joined uh, by Cerise Castle, writer with Knock LA. Welcome to the show, Cerise. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, okay, so tell us about your upcoming piece about the LAPD. Yeah, um, it's actually about the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. SD, um, sorry. No, no worries. Um, a lot of people actually um, aren't really familiar with the differences between the LAPD versus the LA County Sheriff. Um, LAPD patrols um, within the city limits, and the Los Angeles County Sheriff is generally responsible for unincorporated Los Angeles County. So that's like East LA, South Los Angeles, out in the Antelope Valley. Um, we also got some sheriffs in West Hollywood. Um, so some cities um, within the county that contract with them. Um, in any case, um, they're, they're pretty throughout um, the city and county of Los Angeles. You'll probably see a sheriff if you come out here. Um, my piece is about deputy gangs that have been forming and that have essentially been um, dictating the culture of the department for the past 50 years um, with the knowledge of, um, you know, state, local, and federal government, and nothing has really been done about it. Well, that's actually probably a pretty good distinction to start off on. Uh, I realized I was slipping that up as I was saying it, but it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. So is this, is this thing where you know, cops are, you know, being exposed as being in their, these weird little cop gangs. Is that specific to the sheriff's department? Do they exist in the LAPD? Do they exist in other police departments to your knowledge? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's pretty unique to LA. I could be wrong, um, but I've heard about it a lot in Los Angeles. I think the, the, the biggest gang that we know about in LAPD was the police officers that participated in the Rampart scandal back in the 90s. Um, I believe that they had a gang tattoo of some kind of skeleton that they hmm. wore. Um, <laughs> yeah, there has been a gang before in the LAPD. And because of that, there was a consent decree that was introduced. And um, as a result of that, that gang was rooted out and extinguished as far as, far as we know. Um, but Do you know what kind of skeleton it was? Sorry? <laughs> Do you know the kind of skeleton? Do I know the kind of skeleton? Uh, like a Jack Skellington or like just the skull of a skeleton? I can actually interject here. So I did a little bit of research on what we're talking about today. And uh, <laughs> what's interesting about this is that so uh, without jumping ahead at all, we're going to be talking about these gangs within the, the L.A. Sheriff's Department, right? And there's this weird history of them. They all have these wild, like, 1950s greaser names. And something I noticed that I took notes about is that they all have fucking skeleton tattoos. <laughs> and so I wrote down a, a, a list of uh, a few of the, the gangs that uh, we've identified. Here's a short list. The Hats, Banditos, The Little Devils, The Regulators, The Grim Reapers, The Rattlesnakes, The Jump Out Boys, 2,000 and 3,000 Boys, and I think that's it until you start getting into 3,000 Boys? That's too many boys. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I wrote them all down and I wrote which skeleton tattoos they have uh, according to the 
because it's crazy. They all have the same like aesthetic going on. It's all very like rockabilly. So the banditos have a skeleton with a pistol and a sombrero and a mustache. That lets you know what they're all about, right? Mm. Uh, the jump out boys have a skeleton with a revolver. And um, I think it's the Jump Out Boys or the 3000 Boys that have uh, – oh, yeah, no. So, so the Jump Out Boys have the skeleton with a gun, right? And nice. if you're in the Jump Out Boys – My greatest fear. <laughs> which is like this is all – anyone that knows like fucking punk music, you're thinking of a social distortion tattoo right now, like the little guy with the fucking top hat and shit. Um, but if you have a Jump Out Boys tattoo – the revolver has smoke lines coming out of it. You get a line added to your tattoo for everyone you shoot. <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you if imagine you, being murdered by this corny motherfucker, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. You just become part of a skeleton tattoo. <laughs> yeah. If you run across a cop who has like a really smoky gun on the gun, the tattoo, it's run for your life because he's really trigger happy. But they're all human skeletons, right? To answer Alex's question, they're not like. Yeah. Well, I knew they were human skeletons. I didn't okay. know if they were well, like, silly. I don't know how many types of skeletons there are, other than by species. Well, they're you, frightening because they're inside you. If you encounter a, a sheriff in Los Angeles, do not assume that they are very into Dia de los Muertos or uh, <laughs> something like that. It's, it's Nightmare could, before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, or they're a hot topic goth. <laughs> this could be what's going on. <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So I guess I was interested in uh, <laughs> this aspect because it seems like there's this overarching like concept here where there's, you know, there's a tendency to form gangs in this specific part of this specific city, which is weird because we have like similar expressions of that like cop camaraderie in like, for example, in New York, the New York, the NYPD is notorious for the challenge coins, but not, I guess they, they don't have like, well, yeah, we're the fucking, you know, the uh, Lower East Side Bucket Boys or whatever. They don't have that thing. We're going. the pizza rats. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody crosses us unless they want to get folded in half. Anyways, uh, so you're you're uh, putting together a database, though. Is that what I have to understand? Yeah. So along with um, a 12-part um, series that we're writing on all of the gangs that we've uncovered, I've uncovered about 18 different ones. We're building a database that will um, have the names, the uh, people killed by these officers, like any like beatings or civil rights violations that they've been involved with, as well as their last assignment. So people can, you know, look these people up and familiarize themselves with who exactly is on the streets in their neighborhoods um, with a gun and a badge and essentially a license to kill. Uh, I wrote a question about this. Uh, a searchable database of police gang members that are violent, isn't that called Bumble? Folks, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, my real question, though, is uh, do you think that something like this, like a searchable database of corrupt police officers, do you think this is something that actually will – help make police officers more accountable or is it just because I, I feel like we're kind of locked in this eternal battle with them where they go you know uh, they just f figure out a different way around this to keep sort of covering their asses you know yeah you know and that's like the thing um that i've been uncovering in my research is that you know like i said people 
people in government and people in positions of power have known about this, like, since at least the mid-1970s. And this has been able to go go on. Um, and it's it's cost the county hundreds of millions of dollars in both settlements and attorneys' fees and related court costs. So, you know, frankly, I'm not really optimistic that anything will change from a government perspective um, by publishing this, um, just frankly because they've had the opportunity for the past 50 years, and you know, I don't really see why my little story would make any difference, Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, the people that live in Los Angeles County can utilize this knowledge and, you know, just like a familiarize themselves with like i said who is exactly on their streets and i hope that this will get people interested in engaging with the work that goes along with dismantling those systems that allow these um officers to stay in place i mean like there's a reason why you know this hasn't been so widely discussed it's incredibly difficult to just first of all get this information even though it is public record it, it costs money to get that stuff right we've we've spent over three thousand dollars just you know buying court cases so we can try to figure out like who these people are it's also in those court cases and in the government reviews that are done when a police officer you know kills somebody a lot of times they're anonymized or the uh, information is presented in such a way that it's really hard to to identify like oh is that the same guy that did that six months ago it's it's incredibly difficult like I spent the past six months going through this stuff and like piecing it together it's literally like I feel like fucking Pepe Silva with like the red string on the wall yeah. like I literally <laughs> have something like that in my house um so you know I'm hoping that just just simply by like making this available it, it can change a lot because that just simply hasn't been an option for at least 50 years well I know in LA uh recently this guy Gascon was elected DA um I think possibly because he People thought he was the character from Beauty and the Beast, but uh, he's <laughs> claiming to belt with your neck. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, released some uh, 100 day report recently. It looked like he was doing some good stuff with, you know, not letting officers with a history of misconduct testify, which is like sounds like kind of a bare minimum thing. Uh, but is he doing anything on this? And if, if, if he wanted to. Is there anything he even could do from the district attorney's office to, to crack down on these gangs? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I think I think one thing that could be done and one thing that um, a few attorneys that I've spoken with that have handled some of these wrongful death cases have told me is that Gascon um, asked for any cases dating back, I believe it was until 2012, to be submitted to his office for review and that he'll take a look at them and possibly consider filing charges on the officers granted um that's a pretty small window especially when you're looking at um police deaths in los angeles i mean just this week the los angeles police department shot um gosh i believe it was five people this week um and that's just one week so dating back to 2012 that's that's really just a drop in the bucket as far as like shooting cases that we have here but 
it is something. It's a start. It's um, given a hope hope to a lot of families that I've spoken to, hearing that the, there is a small chance that the officers that killed their loved one could face some sort of repercussion. Because you know the truth is, when these officers, deputies, shoot somebody, they're you know generally they don't really face any discipline, right? They're cleared by the district attorney. They're not charged. Um, they don't face any discipline from their department and oftentimes they're actually promoted mm. and given awards right. and decorated and this type of behavior is celebrated. Also, if a civil case is filed and some financial settlement is awarded to the family, that's not paid by the sheriff's department. <clears throat> it's not paid by the sheriff's department nor is it paid by the deputies that are responsible for the death. It's paid by county taxpayers that comes mm -hmm. out of the county coffers. So they really, there is no incentive for them to do better because they're basically congratulated, patted on the back and promoted. Yeah. And is there sort of a, a union in the, the sheriff's department that is uh, sort of supporting this? I know in places like Minneapolis, you have the head of the police union who's like a, a far right, racist the uh, zealot uh is the police union in, in la um sort of responsible for kind of like keeping this stuff uh the way it is and and not forcing back change oh yeah 100 percent um both of our um police departments have very strong unions with sort of a death grip on the contracts that they have with our city and county that's the los angeles police protective union for the lapd and the a lads, I, I don't remember what it stands for, but that's for the sheriff's department. A L A D S, um, and yeah, I mean they've really got they've really got an iron grip on um, the powers that be as far as you know what they're allowed to do and where things stand. Well, can I ask a very basic question? Good. Which is which is just uh, is it actually illegal for the cops to be in a gang? Like if they're not doing anything off duty like if they shoot you on duty and then are in a gang what rule does that break yeah so um generally in california um presence in a gang it's a violation of a specific part of our penal code we have a part of our penal code that defines what a gang is basically like characteristics include let's see like a common tattoo which a lot of these police gangs have a common name or a symbol. Um, they are engaged in criminal activity. So that's, you know, killing people. Um, extortion is another big one that we've seen in deputy gangs. Um, what's another one that we see a lot? Um, probably like sexual harassment or rape. Um, yeah. So those are the characteristics of a gang. And that fits, you know, all of these groups that we've identified in our series. And so that's that's subject to some sort of, you know, either criminal enhancement, which Gascon has actually like stopped um, including as of as of now as part of his um, directive as district attorney. But generally, like, say, if you were to be committed of like a murder and they found that you were in a gang as well, that would come with an enhancement of like, say, like 10 years or something because of your presence in a gang. But generally, this stuff is not looked at when, when a deputy like kills somebody, 
the sheriff's department is actually responsible for carrying out that investigation on behalf of the DA. Um, so you have sheriffs investigating their friends, whether or not they should be charged. And those investigators never consider, um, you know, if somebody is in the regulators or the rattlesnakes. Yeah, I guess what's really interesting to me is that uh, a lot of this stems out of, I guess, there's um, a actual specialized unit in the history of the LAPD called CRASH, which is, stands for Community Resources Against Street Hoodlums. No way. Yeah. Was this after 2005, or, like based on the Paul Haggis movie? Yeah, it's based on the movie CRASH. Yeah, Anders, it's based the on the movie. The I, it police. sounds like something they would do. No, like, tell me the fucking movie's based on this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real thing that happened. Um, but yeah, no, it's this is a real thing. And uh, also, the crash, if you were in crash, you had a tattoo of a skull, a cowboy with a cowboy hat and the dead man's hand in poker around it. Aces and eights for you guys that aren't poker heads. Um, Do you know the story of the dead man's hand? No, please tell me. Oh, okay. So the dead man's hand, that was what was in the hand of a... Wild West police sheriff who was killed by a wayward hoodlum and he had an ace and an eight of spades in his hand and that's since become the dead man's hand and it's present in a ton of these deputy gangs. Oh tattoos. my god. I always like that hand when I'm playing poker. I didn't know if it was a, it was a cop hand. It's bad luck. <laughs> oh, I'll have to disavow you can't even it. can't get like a straight with it or anything. Yeah. Well, you can get the nut flush, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> so that was for poker heads. The thing about Crash that's really interesting to me, though, is that was a specialized unit that wasn't a private gang. And so there's this question hanging over this like whole thing. To me, really, the absurdity lies in this question question of like why are the police in a gang like they're already in a gang why do you need a gang on top of a gang that also has a, u a union on top of that um and and most of all how does a police officer like how, how do police fathom being themselves in a gang while in an anti-gang unit that is uh you know theorizing of the street gangs that they're going after as somehow being only violently oriented and their own gang is being about camaraderie and stuff when the truth is that a gang in general kind of is both of those things. The reason I ask that is because like the coverage of, uh, you know, the Crips and the Bloods in the 90s, it, it, the Crips and the Bloods obviously did a lot of things that were, you know, violent and criminal and stuff like that. But what's often downplayed, they're only defined by the the violence and the crime, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And what's often downplayed is that these groups started off, honestly, as like mutual aid groups to some degree. And then things went in a certain direction for all sorts of sociological reasons. But, I mean, like, how do the... How, how are we having a situation where the police are literally doing the same thing and yet justifying you know, this like witch hunt they're on or the, this, you know, the stated mission as anything, but I mean, there's like a cognitive dissonance there, you know, the gang is to protect them from cancel culture. <laughs> That's probably what they're fucking they talking about. These days. Together. <laughs> um, you know, th there's that. And then also, I guess uh, to go back a little bit, just into the history of this, if you want to look at like a, a if, cause I want to look at this from like a big picture point of view or something. Can you tell us a little bit about, the Rampart scandal and all the stuff that happened in like the nineties that sort of predates, uh, you know, what we're talking about now. Yeah. Um, so the Rampart scandal, um, happened in the nineties in the like central, central Los Angeles area. Um, and 
it involves, I believe, the the big guy that was involved was a officer named Rafael Perez, um, and he came forward and named, I think, about probably, I want to say between like 50 and 70 people within his unit. Um, they were all involved in some kind of crime, everything from, you know, stealing drugs from people that they um, encountered on the streets and selling them to other people. Um, robbing banks um, was another thing that they got into a couple of times. Um, <laughs> of course, perjury when they were in court um, and covering up different stuff. Um, the Rampart scandal is supposedly behind the death of the notorious B.I.G., um, which is usually um, how people are familiar with them. Um, that's probably my favorite story about the about the crash division. Um, yeah, there's yeah, like that's a little bit about them. There's like one rogue cop who left and swears up and down he knows that it was you know the, them that killed Biggie and he's just boxed out of everything. Yeah, it's really interesting to read about. Um, What's the story you were telling us about before with the the off duty cops? Yeah, I basically, I guess my understanding of what happened uh, in the 90s was that, um, so Suge Knight, the head of Death Row Records that ostensibly killed Biggie and Tupac and fucking everyone in the 90s, um, was hiring... He everybody. He was, <laughs> <yeah>. he was <laughs> hiring... He didn't kill Tupac. Didn't kill Tupac. <laughs> oh, but sorry. He didn't kill Kurt Cobain either. I well, think yeah. didn't kill Kurt Cobain. <laughs> or, le- or left eye. No, we're not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, not Tupac, but um, he was hot. The point is, he was hiring like cops, like off duty cops in LA, yes. and they were working for him and getting paid tons of money on the side. And then it all sort of cracked open when one of the cops that he was, you know, working, uh, got into a road rage incident with another cop who was off duty. So they're both off duty. And then the, the Suge Knight cop starts waving his gun. And then the other undercover cop was like a guy's waving a gun at me. I'm a cop. So he killed that guy. And then they, Oh my God, we're both cops. And it just unraveled this whole thing. And, uh, I guess the shield is based on this, that TV show. (laughs) Oops, all cops. <laughs> yeah. Due to a mix-up at the Justice Lab. <laughs> um. So these uh, gangs, you know, they 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 go back all the way to I guess like the seventies on paper at least in terms of what we've been able to unearth about them. Like the Bandidos are one of the oldest ones. Um, and then you obviously have this situation where you know you have uh, the Rampart scandal and these guys that are working with like Suge Knight and death row records and stuff like that. Um, I guess to me, this raises a question. Uh, is there like a race, like a racist element in this? Cause I know the Vikings have been accused by a judge of being mm. a, like a neo Nazi white. Supremacist oh yeah. Organization. The, Terry Hatter, Terry Hatter wrote in his decision that they were a neo Nazi gang. And I mean, yeah, like in my research, like, they had a, a map of Africa, um, or they had rather a map of Linwood, which was their um, neighborhood, in the shape of Africa hanging on the wall. They had a ticket to Africa pinned to a bulletin board. Um, I mean, their symbol is a Viking, which is, yeah. you know, <laughs> known for raping and pillaging <laughs> across Europe. Um, yeah, there's definitely a racial element. Um, to these gangs and that goes along 
you know, that I've seen in my research that sort of also plays into who is promoted, you know, like if you're white and you've got the co-signing of like a Viking, because, you know, as these guys get older, they move up and now they're dictating policy in the department. So if you're a young white guy who's got a co-sign from an older Viking, you're probably going to move up. And that just, you know, further perpetuates um, racism and all sorts of bad treatment that police officers and sheriff's deputies do to the people that they patrol. God. How did they deal with, like, the fact that the police department in general has people of all races in it? Like, are, are there, like, rival ethnic gangs in the police department? They're all uh, pitted it's not against like each the sharks other? and the jets or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. So an interesting thing to me is that, um, and this goes into like a deeper discussion of, you know, how people of color can themselves play into white supremacy. Um, You know, we've seen black deputies joining like the Vikings, for example. We've seen Latinx joining um, the Vikings. You've seen them joining um, gangs like the Executioners, where the tattoo is a skeleton wearing a Nazi helmet. Um, it goes back to that no to subtlety. We were talking about earlier that us versus them you know they don't really to me I think it goes beyond race they see themselves as blue lives right they're yeah. not they're not a black man they're not a Latino man they're not a white woman they're a police officer they're blue and the rest of us are the enemy and they will do whatever it takes to protect their blue brothers ahead of the community, which is, you know, completely the opposite of what their stated intention is, right? But unfortunately, that's what it's become. That's what I think is so interesting about the evolution of the police, even, because, like, you know, if you go back in history, there is, to me, it appears, I guess, at least, the older stories about police corruption kind of involve the police you know, being directly ideologically like opposed to leftists or black and brown neighborhoods and stuff like that. Um, I read a piece that was sent to me during all this uh, about like Ruben Salazar, the Chicano journalist who was, you know, had very far left politics and was, uh, you know, we'll never know, but he was potentially assassinated by the LAPD or the LAD, SD, I can't remember which one. Uh, I guess SD because it was East LA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so when you look at those old stories, it's easier to see the origins of the police as an institution as something that is, uh, you know, like directly straightforwardly racist and along these certain lines, but it almost seems that it evolved to an extent to where it was able to keep like functioning by including people of color. And at the, now you have a situation where the, it's literally just their, the purpose of the police isn't even to serve like a, a huge interest like that anymore. It's just to serve the police. It's like a, thing that's completely like self-driven or whatever um and i guess like to me when i think about all this and i think about like the 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 journalists that you know we we were able to see during the george floyd uprisings last summer like a lot of them had you know footage on them and you know we're able to get a much clearer picture of police covering their own asses for 
you know, for engaging in this kind of just non-ideological nonsense. Um, I guess to me, I'm, I, I, the the meta thing happening in my mind when I think about this is that like, well, we can't maybe get them. Like, we can't. We can't. We're not going to find a lot of justice in going after individual isolated problems. But does this help the overall explanation to society about the, the, the point of this institution? It seems like the largest battle here is explaining to the entire country this institution has a purpose and it's not what you think it is. Um, and I guess the, the, the cell phone footage and stuff like that to me kind of makes it a little bit easier to explain that, but like also it's, you know, the defund the police thing is like such a huge, um, endeavor. I don't know. I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, if we're, we're talking about making a database here and, and we're doing the work of like exposing police officers, how does that fit in? I mean, do you think this is going to help the defund the police movement? Do you think that's a thing that's still on the table at all? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I, I hope that this that this project really opens people's eyes to you know how uh, how the how the sheriff's department has been able to manipulate the system to be able to you know really hijack millions of taxpayer dollars to you know essentially violate people's civil rights and kill them. I don't think people really like are aware of exactly how that process works. So I'm hoping that, you know, people that um, aren't exactly tuned in to police corruption will read this and see that, you know, like this, this is deep, right? This goes back to the county. This goes to how our government is set up. I really think that in order to have those conversations about, you know, looking at defunding the police and even abolishing the police, we have to like look at, okay, like how does it work and like how are these systems set up and what keeps what keeps this stuff in play? And I think by looking at that we'll have other answers as to how we can re rebuild the system into something that is more reflective of what we want and serves more people in a better way. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of um the political efficacy of this information for the defund movement, right? I think it it is very helpful because the, the the battling narrative you have for the whole thing is we have all this footage of police cracking heads and doing all this stuff that they're not supposed to be doing on one side. And then you have the people who are defending the police saying, if we get rid of the police, it's going to be crime in the streets. It's going to be like the perk. Um, and so you need the, the, the prevailing thing that is going to actually change hearts and minds on this is to kind of, to kind of come at it, I feel like in, from the liberal perspective, which is just be like, oh, I see your institution and it doesn't work. Like, uh, we have all of this footage that the people we're paying to stop the crimes are actually doing crimes. Right. And, and even and if it's almost besides the point, it is still like a huge dent in terms of the counter argument that you're going to get thrown at you by the Blue Lives people. Yeah, yeah. Like in terms of like, I feel like in the same way that, you know, the super predators and gangbangers and all these sort of like fear mongering uh, ideas were percolated in like the 80s and the 90s or spread in the 80s and 90s. Like you could we could do the same, hopefully, with like these gangs, you know, make maybe have a 
to be really cynical about it, have like a scare casting campaign about these gangs going out there killing people because that's what they're doing. They're way more dangerous than whatever, you know, remnants of like the, the bloods and the crypts exist out there. We could make a dare program for police officers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Give we have to, a soccer ball. We have to come up with police to police the police and right. come and talk to them about drugs and stuff. Um, they love that. And it's safe to do. <laughs> I also want to say, <laughs> if anyone out there is like considering uh, rising through the ranks of the LAPD and becoming like a, a Viking, like I invite you to spend a day with a Scandinavian American. We are not competent people. We are not uh, particularly intelligent or brave yeah. or anything. It's all <laughs> romanticization. I if guess you have to join a police gang. At least make it a skeleton themed gang. Please, that's the one Be rule that we this. abide by: is that you have to have a rockabilly skeleton of some kind. Uh, various, you know, Don't tarnish the Vikings' good name. The accessories are up to you. That's where you get personal with this and put your own yes. flair on it. You want to join the Bonemen, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I was reading about this, I started to feel a little bad because we, our old logo is a skull and I was like, oh no, like are we oh, no. cops? What happened? But we switched to rats. So <laughs> These <we're> hands! <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm not skeptical, but I'm worried about uh, the tactic, though, because it seems like the, where we're at with, and especially the way, like, liberals kind of work in general, is that we figured out that there's, you know, we exposed this huge problem. We have um, media on our side. You know, it seems like the defining factor in what really turned a lot of people around on police in the last 10 years is uh, smartphones. You could just see stuff that you couldn't see before. And so something like a database is obviously going to play into that and work in that uh, way. But it does seem like you still get stonewalled with people sometimes that are like, wow, that's such a terrible, I can't believe these cops are doing this. That means we got to elect a better you know, sheriff next time around or whatever. And like, you can't really look at the whole thing institutionally as like a problem with the thing. It's just like, oh, it's, you know, it's corrupt or whatever. The narrative about corruption always kind of gets slippery for me. And I always worry that they, it's easy to turn them around. If you're the fucking police, you can go, oh, wow. Yeah. That last guy, he was the problem, you know, <laughs> and not us as a thing or whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I guess that's why we just keep trying to change people's minds about this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and I really hope that like framing it in ta talking a lot about the money really taps in with people because totally. I mean everyone cares about money, right? You can be red, blue, like whatever. Everyone g gives a crap about how much money is going to police and like what it's being spent on, right? I think anyone that looks and says that wow like i as a taxpayer have spent at least a hundred million dollars on wrongful death lawsuits like that's that's bad that's yeah. that's bad no matter how you slice it yeah totally. you're really pushing the limits of absurdity with police budgets because i don't see how you could like spell out for your average person more than you're wasting your money than giving every police officer a tesla and a robot dog, and yet that is very common now. So, like, what does it take? Yeah, LA, like a bike cop city. It's like there are a lot of cities that, like, especially in the Midwest, where it's like kind of a liberal city, and they have the bike cop, which is like you know they try to be friendly with it. They have the sometimes they have Facebook pages. They're like, I'm a cop on a bike, and but the bike is like decked out with a bunch of like web secret weaponry underneath it. They can like shoot a concussion grenade out of the spoke or something like that. Is L is the LAPD like trying to do this sort of kinder, gentler, like uh, public relations campaign or they're just, uh, 
Kind of. Um, so the LAPD has recently started, um, or recently expanded rather, this thing called the Community Safety Partnership, which mm. um, was something that they introduced um, in public housing projects as a result of uh, LAPD actually killing five members of the Zuniga family. So their response to the LAPD killing the Zuniga family was expanding their program in the projects, of course. Um, and as a result of the defund the police movement, um, our mayor has recommended expanding this program across the city. Um, so that would include parks. Um, so while we do not have bike cops now, I think that's something that we'll see. Um, as far as the sheriff's department is concerned, um, my personal experience with that, um, if you go further out into the county, is no. They are pretty, um, they're like gangbangers, um, yeah. in my experience. They drive around in their cars, um, they flash their lights at you, they don't really engage with you in a friendly level. In West Hollywood, that's a little different, I think, because that's like a wider more male gay city um i see them walking around and um sometimes they will try to talk with you um but <laughs> the, the echo park cop is one on one of those electric unicycles or something just being <laughs> an apple store guy yeah do they... balances a beach ball on their head oh, yeah. god, god that guy's everywhere that's a new york, new york do they reference. like know about you personally like are you concerned like for your safety at all like the, the further you the deeper you, into this you get yeah 100 percent. yes um yeah it's definitely a conversation that i've had with uh, my editors and with my girlfriend um yeah 100 percent. a buddy of mine recently um lexus uh lexus olivia ray he was covering um, protests, not protests, rather, celebrations when the Dodgers won the World Series. And although there were hundreds of people in the street that night after the COVID curfew, he was the only person that the city's attorney's office is charging with a crime for being out past curfew. And he was a journalist covering the events. So I've also heard of Scott Budnick, the producer for The Hangover. He has been very outspoken against the Los Angeles County Sheriff, and he's currently the subject of a criminal investigation as a result of him being critical. So, yeah, these are these are conversations that I have um, all the time with, you know, my friends, my girlfriend, with my editor. It's, you know, something that I consider and I try to take precautions to keep myself safe and, you know, hopefully not be charged with some sort of bullshit fraudulent charge um i have an attorney on speed dial so you know i'm doing what i can to be protected yeah yeah you ever hang out with the hangover guy <laughs> i want to i hope he listens to this and <laughs> gives me a call i also want to get in touch with vanessa bryant um she's done some great work over the past couple of days as far as um talking about the callousness of the sheriff's department um who shared photos of her dead husband and daughter um, god god damn 
Wow. This is a very popular show with Hollywood big wigs. Yeah, no, they love They us. love Jake. They want to hear what he has to think. <laughs> yeah. I hope this works for you. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that is good, though, that, uh, you know, people at that level in Hollywood are involved in this. That means that the, the ideological battle lines are being pushed a little bit, and it's not like a fringe issue as much as it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised. This is sort of a separate issue, but uh, at the amount of support there was for like Nithya Rama and, and it sounds like public banking and other stuff from like, you know, celebrities like that's not the base or that, that shouldn't be the base. But that's seems like there are at least a good amount in L.A. who are socially conscious. I hope so. I mean, we've yeah. reached out to a couple of people like with this project. I'm hoping that, um, you know. I, I love when celebrities like push this kind of stuff just because of like the reach that they have, you know, and just like, you know, turning like normies into like something like, oh, deputies in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, like even Vanessa just like posting the names of the deputies who were showing those photos of Kobe, like that's huge. Like waking people up to the issues of the corruption. Like I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to pause. All right, Anders, tell that story we just told off, Mike. I was just get like, it's crazy how taxpayers are funding this because the NYPD has a fund that paid for uh, my old bed from West Elm uh, for when cops beat people up. Uh, they just have money set aside in the budget, but they, L.A. doesn't have that. That's That's crazy. But, I mean, either way, it feels like they still don't. It's just like an inevitability that they're going to have to settle for either killing or, you know, terror otherwise terrorizing the citizens of the city that they police. Uh, like, do you think that would make a difference if it was in the the police budget, the, the the money that they have to fork over for settlements? Yeah. So there's actually I've actually been reading up on this, um, and gosh, I'm trying to find her name, I believe. She's a professor at um, UCLA. Her name is Joanna Schwartz. And she's written extensively on this. And she's looked at, you know, is it better to sort of budget in these cases like they do in New York or to have it taken from like a general fund like we do in LA. And basically what she's found in her research um, is that, you know, taking it out of the police department or having like a budget for settlements of that sort really doesn't make a difference in curbing police violence because it basically um, budgets in civil rights violations as part of the cost of doing business as a police department. Um, Yeah, which I think is really unfortunate. You know, I really think that, um, you know, really to make a difference, you would have to a, either make the sheriff's department pay for it from their budget or have them be personally liable. But unfortunately, that's that's not an option here in California because of how our law is set up. Government employees cannot be um, cannot be personally liable for what they do um, while they're, you know, while they're doing their work. So unfortunately, it will always be taxpayers picking up that bill. Hmm. Wow. That's a... That's a great union they have going on. <laughs> yeah, the they, government. They get all right? of their <laughs> all of their rights are protected. I think if you know if we have such a hard time abolishing the police, we could maybe go the other way with it and just make it so everyone is technically a cop, and then maybe we'll just have all of our bases covered. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're headed. Yeah, copocracy. 
I like it. <laughs> it's not where we want to go, but <laughs> it might not be too bad. All right. Well, I think this is uh this has been a pretty good conversation and I look forward to reading your piece and learning more about the uh seedy underbelly world of cop gangs. Um <laughs> <laughs> The rib bone of the skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so, like, I'm so fascinated with this now after, before we get out of here, I guess one thing I would like to ask you is uh, just just because we are talking about this and it is illuminating and, like, it really does paint a picture of, like, I guess how, I don't know any other word to use, but, like, stupid this all is. The fact that there are, like, these fucking, like, little like teenage greaser gangs within the police department because like when you read about it you read that they like get in trouble for like punching each other out at like house parties when they're off duty and stuff i think one of the i can't remember which one it was banditos or vikings like punched a female officer in the face over like just an argument they were having um (laughs) what so in the spirit of you know just exposure or whatever and kind of getting people thinking about all this stuff what are what's the wor- what are those, the worst things you've heard about these cops you know doing with their, wow. their little street gangs? Cop on cop or cop on civilian? What? <laughs> uh, cop on civilian. Cop, well, cop on cop is funny. Cop on civilian is something people need to know about, I guess. Um. Let's see. Most awful cop on cop. There is a man named Karin Mendoyan who was rehired by our current sheriff Alex Villanueva. Um, Carmen Dwin was fired for domestic violence against his girlfriend, who was another sheriff's deputy. She actually got him on film attempting to break into her house, throwing, um, throwing stuff at her. Um, he like strangled her, um, and tore her jeans. That's probably the worst cop on cop that I've heard about cop on civilian, God, I mean, they killed 19 people. Yeah, um, fair. That's, that's right. pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Worse than cop- death. Is that the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the most, the most atrocious death that I'm familiar with is, um, God, there are so many. There are so many. One that I'm writing about right now is the death of Brian Pickett, who was tasered to death in his mother's bathroom and left to die in front of his mother and sister on the living room floor. He basically like went into cardiac arrest and no medical attention was rendered. And he died in front of his family. It was really horrible. There's also Johnny Martinez, who was shot 34 times as his mother, father, neighbor, and neighbor's 13-year-old son watched. This was a schizophrenic man who was having a mental health episode well goddamn. uh <sighs> 34 times that's really fucking terrible um all right well i didn't mean to end on a down note so <laughs> <laughs> how else did you think that question was gonna end i don't know i was thinking about the gangs the gangs were making me laugh because they're with the, the yeah. tattoos and stuff and then i remember the yeah. reality of this is that the it's a skull the because it's a dead person. Been, what's your favorite anecdote from a five-finger death punch concert? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. What's a positive? There's nothing positive There's about cops. There's a movement, cops. right? 
There's like a, a movement in, in LA that wants to, to defund yeah. the sheriff's department and they're, they're active, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, the ACLU is doing a lot of work around this stuff. Um, they recently started a new coalition called Check the Sheriff, um, which is doing nice. um, a bunch of work around um, you know eliminating people to this stuff as well as um, giving people the tools to... Um, advocate and um, usher in the changes that they want to see in the sheriff's department. So, you know, if people are interested in tapping in with that sort of work, I definitely recommend, you know, reaching out to the ACLU and the Check the Sheriff Coalition specifically. Okay, that is a great note to end on, I think. Um, Cerise Castle, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Please let my listeners know where they can read your stuff and where they can find your upcoming piece and all that stuff. Yes, um, you can find me on social media. I am at Cerise Castle, um, and you can read this series on Knock LA. If you are so able, we would love if you could donate to our Patreon. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, um, although these are public records, it costs money, and it costs costs a lot of money, and I'd love to keep doing this work, um, and donations make it possible. So if you're able, thank you. All right. Um, and yeah, if you are a listener to our show and you want to support our show, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash America. We also have merch for sale. And my other podcast is Why You Mad. Does anyone have anything else to plug? If you like non-police unions, uh, phone bank for the PRO Act this week is like a week of action uh, to get the PRO Act passed. Um, go on DSA usa.org to find out more info on that i'm at andersley here on twitter and movie suggestion just watched uh red white and blue uh as part which is part of uh no it's good it's, it's okay. related to this because okay, it's okay. part of uh steve mcqueen's new like series of short or not short movies full full length uh almost movies he did um, that's on amazon this one's with john boyega and it's like you know about uh british police community relations in the 60s and it's like it's sort of amazing in the ways that uh things are different but also the same over there with with that issue as well so um check that out is this still Um, a very interesting move for a plug but sure good point yeah like (laughs) plugging good art it's going to be part of our show now uh you can find (laughs) me on twitter at patak jokes i put all of my projects on there that's p-t-a-k jokes and my movie suggestion this week is pulp fiction if you haven't seen it uh has a lot of great action sequences and a sword bruce willis gets a sword there are like no cops in that movie i'm just realizing Right? <laughs> I think they. No, there has to. I'm going to watch no, it again I don't think there to see are. if there are cops, and you should as well. That's the movie pick of the week. <laughs> they do everything without cops. It's amazing. It's amazing. What a what a country. But uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, my movie pick of the week is uh, adaptation. <laughs> I just rewatched it. It's a great Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> Cerise, do you have any film recommendations? <laughs> Hell yeah! I've got a film recommendation. Watch Den of Thieves. It's all about the regulators, one of the L.A. sheriff's gangs. Ooh, really cool. Okay, I'm glad we did this actually. Yeah, I'm gonna do that tonight. Yeah, that sounds fucking cool. All right. Well, okay. thanks everyone. It's the end of the podcast. It's finished. It's finished. Outro music this week is a song called Stimmy by Felicia G featuring a bunch of fucking people. 
Um, it has nothing to do with cops. This is about the stimulus, which we didn't talk about. But I think it's a great song. It just came out, and you should support Felicia G and all these motherfuckers. So look up the information in the show notes. Go download it on Bandcamp and all that shit. It's a, it's a, it'll get stuck in your head. Trust me. I'm doing this to, to fuck up your brain. Give me the stimmy. Give me the stimmy. Hey, yo, boy, make it bounce. Give me the stimulus check. Hey, I need my stimulus quick. Yo, I don't have health insurance. My government really ain't shit. Give me the stimulus check. Hey, I need my stimulus quick. Yo, I don't have health insurance. My government really ain't shit. Give me the stimmy. 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 Give me money. Give me time. I am running out of breath. Shit ain't funny. I'm a mess. I'm running out of breath. This shit is sickening, crippling, really I must be tripping, they give me pennies Crumbs, countries run by a bunch of dumb cunts Bitches, they ain't even doing the minimum They ain't even reading the stimulus My syllable's slithering like I'm Elizabeth I'm thinking which the left is From the IRS, I'm so depressed and stressed They sent my tweets to the wrong address Getting desperate to make the rest I spent that shit like it came away Can't make a dent, paying my debt Incompetent, watch response like Got a draw from Adderall And had it all that lost that's my radically exhausted Feels like I'm practically a hostage I live in a failed state It's a damn shame It's a sham scam It's a damn scheme The American dream is dead Hey, off with their heads Give me the stimulus check Hey, I need my stimulus quick I don't have health insurance My government really ain't shit Give me the stimmy 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 on her zaddy, keep that blicky when I'm traveling. Fuck all night, like we off addicts. Kill a cop at a rally. I went from a magic cart to a Gyarados. I was really in that field like a scarecrow. I'm a vampire, baby. I'm a communist. Fuck politicians, cause shit conditions and carbon emissions. They switch positions like my bitches. I'm on a mission in a pandemic. This is never ending. Government trying to hold me back. But I still flexing and I paid all my dues. But them pussies still begging. Quarter million dollar wire transfer and it's still. Give me the stimulus check. Hey, I need my stimulus quick. I don't have health insurance. Bitch, my government really ain't shit. Give me the stimulus.